Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, I wanted to put something out there today, which is a little bit different. I want to, we want to at CRG, we want to hear from you your success stories. Those of you that have been using our tools, our assessments, our training, the personal style indicator or the learning style or the values or the self-worth or whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you when you use the tools, when you did the training, if it was deliberate leadership or why aren't you more like me, the impact, the positive impact that it's had on you. So give us your story. You know, email info at crgleader.com with your story, with the information, what happened, and how it helped you. We want to share these stories with other people about the power of our assessment tools and learning experiences so it transforms people's lives. One of their announcements is CRG is finally moving towards creating online courses. So we're going to start with having an online course for the Personal Style Indicator uh, coming out. I'm not sure when you're listening to this podcast, but in 2018. And so we look forward to your feedback. If you're interested in that, again, you know, email info at CRG Leader. And so we can keep you updated as far as those courses and how they can contribute to you personally and or as an organization. And so we'll get all the details to you as we get closer to that. Well, today for the podcast, it is a solo operation, and I just really wanted to talk to you about a character trait that is not always easy for many of us to embrace, and that character trait is forgiveness. You know, a lot of times forgiveness is giving up resentment or bitterness towards someone or something. And a lot of times there's new research around counseling. And I had the chance in, in as far as how counseling has not been working with individuals as far as being effective. And the reason that it hasn't been effective is that a lot of counseling models have you talk about and process your hurt, but keep focusing on it. And the reality is we're not going to have a transformation in our lives until we look forward and look away from the hurt or look away from the offense. Now, there's, I'm going to come to some comments about being offended here in a moment. But first of all, forgiveness or unforgiveness, and you've heard me say this before, is the same thing as you taking poison and expecting the other person to die. You've heard that from other speakers out there. It's something, but it's a very powerful metaphor or image for us is that if we're in unforgiveness, the number one person who suffers is us or the person who's unforgiveness. It hinders your ability to be successful. And I just wanted to do some science in the, the uh, science of quantum physics. Now, of course, quantum physics, there's no such thing is as time, uh, really because time is not part of quantum physics. In interesting, what unforgiveness is called in quantum physics is entanglement. Because everything in life gives off energy. Have you ever gone into a room where uh, you don't know anybody, you haven't been in this session or you know in this group before, but there's conflict, there's tension in the room. Can you feel it? We've all been there where we can feel it. Or you've had an interaction with somebody or observed an interaction with somebody else that had sort of anger attached to it. 
in that energy came across to you. So the reality is, is that the number one person who is affected through unforgiveness is the person who is holding on to it, not the offender, but the person who has been offended. And since there's no time and space in quantum physics, you are actually continuing to affect your own body, your own immunity system, your wellness levels are being eroded. And I'll talk about some stats here as a result of you not forgiving. Now there's two sides to this forgiveness and I'll come to that here in a second. So first of all, one of the things I want to encourage is that we don't forgive the act, we forgive the person by getting into a stage or a presence of forgiveness does not mean that you are condoning the act. You know, one of my clients many years ago was the Department of, Just Department of Justice in Canada. And I was working with the lawyers and all the professionals that were involved with the residential schools situation that happened here in Canada. And there were some horrific uh, things that had occurred to individuals from First Nations in those residential schools. But one of the things that was really prevalent is individuals who had these offenses who were not willing to let go of the offense. In other words, they weren't willing to forgive. Is They were still holding on to it 40 years later and the impact on it had destroyed their life. Now, yes, I'm not condoning what had occurred at, at all, not, not, not even for a second. But what I am not condoning is are embracing this unforgiveness or bitterness or anger towards these other people. And if you keep in that state, the one person, as I've said three or four times already, that is going to suffer the most is going to be you. And I noticed that. I saw that. And what Carolyn Leaf in his book, Who Switched Off My Brain, what she proved through her neuroscience is if a person replays an event, and in this case, a negative event, over and over again, it actually becomes a greater or more negative effect on our body, on our system, on our mind, as the years go on if I don't let it go. And so in reality, the event itself, as horrific as it might have been, we actually make it worse. We intensify it. We destroy our whole sort of soul and body by actually working it over and over in our systems. And so that's one of the things that I'm really trying to encourage you is that to think about who or what have you not forgiven. I mean, it could be even 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Maybe there was a situation where somebody had done something to you and it was just uh, quite offensive and you have not let it go. You're still kind of angry. I'm not saying you need to go have lunch and have a hug fest with this person. That, that's not what I'm saying. But have you let that person go? Many, many years ago, I was, uh, uh, now there's two sides to this story. Uh, I had a friend of mine who got involved with a, a investment opportunity. And what had happened is, as many examples have occurred in life, is this investment opportunity actually was a scam. But what had happened is the way that con artists work is that they work through friends. So I would have never uh, connected with this invest 
investment firm or person ever, but my friend did. And so, of course, they said, well, who else do you know that would be interested in making yada yada kind of returns? And the returns were very solid. And so, you know, if it's too good to be true, then it's probably too good to be true. But of course, we all have a certain amount of greed or we have a certain amount of expectations or we get blinded, you know, whatever is the reason. And so this individual stole several million dollars from multiple individuals as far as the total amount. And uh, they had, or this individual had stolen a lot from myself personally, you know, almost enough to pay for my kids' college education, which is embarrassing to say the least when I put this on uh, tape here for all to hear. But even now, one of the things I needed to come to the conclusion, even though I was angry and bitter and it was proven that he was just... Uh, a criminal who was very good at his craft. And I mean, there are people that were much smarter than me that had money taken. Not that that was any uh, benefit to me, but it just said, okay, this person was good at what he was doing. And so I needed to forgive him for taking that money from us, that investment. Now, the other side was in this whole area of forgiveness is our forgiveness for ourselves. And for many years, I never forgave myself for being so, as I would call it, so stupid. You know, was I being greedy? Was I being naive? Was I, uh, maybe it was a little bit of both. But man, with a person with my education and my insights, I should have never been taken like that. And so a lot of cases, when we think about forgiveness, forgiveness isn't about somebody else. Forgiveness could be as much as, forgiving ourselves for something that we did or we didn't do. You know, I talk about in my book, The Quest for Purpose, a story where a friend of mine, you know, a friend of ours, who had a 16-year-old son, that 16-year-old son is the same age as my youngest brother, he was coming back from a weekend away with his friends. His car, um, he fell asleep at the wheel, ran off the side of the road, and unfortunately was killed in the accident. His mother never ever forgave herself for letting him go on that weekend. She blamed herself. She took that room, and that room was not touched in that house for 10 years. She uh, became a hermit. She didn't come out. And eventually, she actually died of a heartache. She died of... of her, her whole system, her whole soul was eroded from this. Obviously, it was hurt and it was grief in losing her son at 16. And I don't wish that on anybody. But the reality is, is that she needed to forgive herself. There was nothing that she could have done really to save him. Maybe he could have stayed and not tried to drive in the middle of the night to get back. But we can't change those things. And so there are some things that we have done where we need to forgive ourselves. And for her too, where she was, this was really not even blaming anybody else, but it was just this um, uh, place that she was at where she was not forgiving herself. And in the end, it cost her her life. The other thing is, is when we say, well, does, does unforgiveness, does it really bother us? Does it really affect us? So there was a study done by a publication called Circulation. 
And what it did is that when people go through divorce, is because there's this unforgiveness, because there's this bitterness. Divorce usually isn't happening, happening because everybody's happy. But one of the things that they identified is that it affects women more than men, and it increased the chance of a heart attack in women by 24%. So nearly a quarter higher just because of the bitterness and the stress that's covered through this divorce process. And so when we think about it, it can cost us a lot. It costs us our health. We've talked about that many times. And, you know, so my question for you is, you know, is there anything in your life right now, uh, you know, current or past, that you really have not forgiven yourself for it? So is there resentment or bitterness towards yourself? And I want to, as part of this podcast, is that, you know, if you're driving right now, don't stop or whatever if you're listening. But can you take a notepad and, you know, just put a line down the center and say, you know, unforgiveness to self in the one list and then unforgiveness to others in the other list. And so the, so the question I have for you is make this list. Is there any place where you have not forgiven somebody else that you're still hanging on to that bitterness? It's, it's interesting. We have some friends, for whatever reason, their daughter, um, their daughter didn't uh, connect with them after she got married. And when she got married, she then no longer talked to her parents. So there's this um, divisiveness between them, and there's not a sort of a forgiving heart between them. You know, I don't get that. I don't get where family go and they hate, I'm not going to talk to you for 10 years. I remember uh, watching, I think it was Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2, where the next door neighbor and... Uh, you know, the boy comes over and the next door neighbor says, well, you know, where, where's your son? Well, I don't know. We haven't talked and I'm worried about what he would say. Well, the worst case scenario is you reach out and they reject you. Well, you're rejecting it already. So reach out and be the person that says, you know, I'm, I'm forgiving you. The other one is I, I've done coaching for many, many people uh, over the years. And it's interesting that when I get into the coaching of leaders, a lot of times what's hindering their success in life is unresolved family uh, issues and so unforgiveness. And so I remember in one situation where there was this unforgiveness towards one of the parents. And um, it, now the parent was still alive and so this person was just feeling really uh, uneasy to connect with them and say, listen, I forgive you for who you were to me when I was growing up and just all this sort of verbal abuse that, that this person took. So what I asked uh, this person to do is to simply write a letter. Now, you don't have to send the letter. You just write the letter to free it from your soul, to free it from this harboring that is affecting you. And so take um, the time to, you know, call that person or just write. You you just write them. Now, the other thing that happens is there's some people who are actually have passed away. They're not even in this world anymore, and there are still some harboring bitterness towards that person. And let's say it was a parent, and let's say it was somebody in your, 
your father or your mother had already passed away and they treated you this way or some other, an uncle or whatever, then um, just write a letter to them like they are there or uh, um, you know, scroll down or put some notes down as far as what would you say to them if they were here. There is a reason to do this process, to let it go so that it's not continuing to affect you. The other thing that I want to ask you, if you happen to have bitterness or unforgiveness in your heart, is what does it cost you? What does it cost you? What does it cost you in terms of your health? What does it cost you in terms of your relationship? What does it cost you in terms of opportunities? Let's say you have bitterness towards a, a, an individual at work, and all of a sudden that might be your boss or something, so no, they cost you promotion. It costs you the ability to, to, to grow. It costs you the ability for a promotion. Maybe if you have unforgiveness, maybe it costs you in having other friends around. Have you uh, met individuals who have significant bitterness in their heart or they are carrying this with them? What do they like to be around? Not very much fun, right? And so even if it's specific and you think it's justified, there is no benefit to you to carry that unforgiveness. And they said, well, Ken, I don't know if I can do it. Well, just start with one thing at a time. You know, one of uh, the speakers out there is Joyce Myers, and she is uh, does a lot of women's conferences. And she's now 65 on, well, actually, I think she's 70, is that she talks about in her program about how her father had abused her for years. And so this is nothing uh, private. This is uh, uh, publicly known, and she tells her story. But she said, I had to eventually forgive him. And even, you know, when he was alive, it's just, you know, people do the best that they can. There's no excuse for this kind of behavior. But she knew that she needed to forgive him so that she could get the best out of her life. You know, why would we want to let somebody else um, affect us negatively forever? Why would you let them continue to do that to you if you stay in unforgiveness? Now, sidebar, I want to shift gears before we wrap this show up here today. And that and that's I want to talk about there's so many people out there who are offended. You know, it's interesting, if we were to live our lives, uh, now this is different than, okay, you know, don't worry what other people think, which is to a certain extent similar to what we're talking about now. But there are so many people who are offended by every, what everybody else is doing. You know what? Get over your self-centeredness. You know, it doesn't mean that you um, that we have to agree with other people. It doesn't mean that uh, you will ever kind of be aligned in the thinking. But now, every country seems to be setting up all these laws is that if you don't do things exactly the way that I want, then I'm offended and, you know, we need to deal with it. You know what? That is a destructive and dysfunctional behavior in society. When we start to um, respond to or give in to everybody who is offended, the, the reality is, is 
there is always somebody who is going to be offended. I can't recall. I think it was um, an individual who had built a treehouse for his kids. Uh, it was, uh, you know, just a little bit bigger than what code allowed. And the neighbor was offended. So phoned it in and now he had to tear it down. Or there was a name on in the school of a play. And one person, one person phoned about the name in this play, and I'm sorry, I forget the name, and they, then they had to change the name of this play. Why, why is that? There's always somebody who is not going to like what you're going to say or do. I remember when I got into the speaking business, one of my coaches said, you know what, no matter how good a job you do in one of your presentations and your communication towards others, there's going to be 2 to 5% of the people in the audience that are not going to like you. Well, that's their issue. That's not my issue. I remember uh, speaking when we were doing all the work in the auto industry and had the uh, sole source contract uh, working with Chrysler for all the soft skills in English Canada. And I was doing a presentation in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada uh, to the sales group. And these, there were two guys in the program that didn't want to be there. They were prisoners and they were offended. And then they took the you know, the feedback form, and they said, minus 10. You know, worst presentation they've ever been to. Yet, the average for everybody else in the room was 9.5 to 9.7, which is a very amazing sort of response to the program that we were doing. And so I could have gotten hooked on the two that were offended, but the reality was it was a, a prisoner vote. They were not in agreement that they, they didn't want to attend the program, they didn't want to be there, and they were going to let me know through this feedback form. You know what? I just ripped them up. It really had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with them. And, you know, when people are always offended, it's their issues. Now, if I go back to um, the book, uh, Feeling Good by Dr. David Burns, and David in his book, said, you know, it's interesting. Nobody can offend you unless you let them. So offense is never about what the other person did. Now, if we heard about, you know, when it's uh, rage, when somebody um, cuts you off in traffic, so what is that about? Where we have individuals who cut us off in traffic and then we're all upset over it. Well, where's that going to get us? And who's responsible for that? I'm just going through some slides here and I just wanted to bring up um, the definition that David came up with. And I just want you to listen to this because this actually, offense, actually leads into this unforgiveness or bitterness or and also erodes our health because it really does the same thing, this negative energy is unforgiveness about being offended. So here's Dr. David Burns, who's written the book, Feeling Good. And this, by the way, is one of the best books on cognitive therapy, like anger management, mood depression, uh, all these things. And here's his quote. No matter how offensive or unfair others might appear to you, they never do, they never did, and never will upset you. The bitter truth is that you're the one who's creating every last ounce of irritation frustration, even outrage you experience. Here's the reality is you are, if you're offended by something, it's completely your choice. 
it's not what the other person did. Now, I'm not saying, again, what the other person did was okay, but if somebody cut you off in traffic, you always have a choice about how you respond. So they cut you off in traffic, you know, they're taking off in front of you, how is getting upset going to help you? And then we have road rage where these individuals in a moment get their heartbeat up, they get into being stupid, brain stupid, because they can't control themselves, and then they shoot the person beside them and now they regret it for the rest of their life. You know, offend, the root word of offend is in Greek is bait. And so you've been baited, you've been hooked. And so the reality is, is that some of you have been practicing being offended way too quickly. You even have inanimate objects. Sorry, that was really hard to say. So when your computer uh, crashes and you're throwing it across the room or you're kicking your car or you're slamming the door because the printer doesn't work, how is the printer going to respond to that anger? So you've been practicing anger with inanimate objects, with things like software that are not going to respond to it. So then when you get involved with people, you're getting quicker where you're getting offended, getting angry, you're getting bitter. And so it's the same result as unforgiveness. And so I want to push back on this whole society thing about I'm offended. Well, you know what? You're self-centered. So you get offended. That's fine. That's your choice. But don't put your offense on me and try to uh, control my life as a result of that. Now, if I offended you and said something that wasn't quite right, uh, I'm sorry, I apologize, I didn't mean to offend you. I recall I was speaking at a career development conference and there was an individual in the front of the room who is responsible for uh, really the, all the people who had multiple disabilities for access for the conference. And so we have friends who have uh, a highly disabled uh, boy and we work with them and they you know, stay with us. And so we're, we've been in this space. I've been a school board chair. We, we have uh, multiple access and equity access. So we're familiar with it. Apparently in my speech, I used the wrong word to describe a certain disabled condition. And she came up to me and she was livid with me over the fact how I could say that. Well, I, first of all, I was ignorant. I have no idea what did I say that offended you. And because she was so angry, then of course I'm going to be uh, protective or defensive. She didn't come up and says, you know what, one of the other ways to say it, which is more respectful or is more um, appreciated these days, is this. And so everybody has all these phobias now, and if you say something a certain way, then that's not correct. You know what? You'd actually have your brains explode if you're trying to think about all the ways people want you to talk. Well, get over yourself. And um, the offended is that, first of all, we don't have to be offended, but the other one is, is we don't have to respond to all these people who are offended. It, it, it is, quite frankly, a self-centeredness. Get over yourself. This is You're trying to make life exactly as you want. And the last time I checked in a democracy or the free world is that people had the freedom to have their own thoughts. Now, I'm not saying that we should be rude or we should be racist or any of those kinds of things. I'm just talking about is that people are offended by the silliest things now. And uh, now there's um, sports teams where names that were 
acceptable for 50 or 75 years. Now they're offensive. Then there are um, statues of people in uh, memorials of people or honoring of people in the past, you know, 70, 50, 70, 80, 100 years ago, and people didn't want to take them down. And it's interesting, 